Darkcast Network. The light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. If you sat on the carpeted stairs and peeked through the wrought iron railing that night, you would have felt the fury in the room too. The girls were supposed to be asleep downstairs, but Dallas wanted to see what was happening. Her three-year-old innocence had already been tainted by loud arguments and jealous squabbles. But this was different. Raw fear sizzled at the back of her skull. Her five-year-old sister tried to reassure her, but Dallas was scared. Snippets of what she saw that night would replay through her dreams for years. When Dallas and her sister climbed the stairs from the basement the next morning, their mother was gone. She would stay missing for the next 45 years. Then, Dallas, a mother herself now, was scrolling through social media last summer and saw a face she recognized. Could it really be her? From the pages of The Reporter's Notebook, Season 2 of Still, available now. Hi there, nerdlings. This is Ash. And this is Matt. And you're listening to Crime Time Nerds, a sister podcast. Today's case contains graphic details of murder, sexual assault, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. And now, nerdlings, let's grab our flashlights and join us as we venture down into the dark world of true crime together. History will judge us by the difference we make in the everyday lives of children. Nelson Mandela. When we think of the term unidentified descendants, or Jane or John Doe, we automatically assume the remains found are that of an adult. It's unfathomable to think that anything could happen to a child, that a young child or infant could be left discarded and never identified. Today we will discuss two cases of children who were murdered and unidentified for decades. The case of Delta Dawn, which has recently been partially solved, and the case of the Opelika Jane Doe, another child left behind and discarded with no identity to her name. Her case still remains unsolved to this day. And with that, nerdlings, it's time to leave the light and take out our canoe and row down the rivers of Mississippi back in 1982, when a young child would lose her life to a cruel, still unknown murderer. No child should ever be found laying in a riverbed unknown. A baby, really, still swaddled in a diaper, with no sign of her mama and no way to identify her. No child should ever be left scared and alone like that, floating lifeless on the water. 1982 would end the year with the discovery of a child left alone, unidentified and murdered, floating along a river located in a small Mississippi town. Her name was unknown and would remain so for decades. She would come to be known as Delta Dawn. Most of our communities suffer loss after loss. Some towns suffer more than others, and their grief can fill a river basin. The small city of Moss Point, Mississippi, located in Jackson County, is no stranger to this type of pervasive grief and loss. 
In 2005, the town was hit by Hurricane Katrina, ripping through the community and leaving a wake of destruction in its path. 20 years before the torrential winds and rains of the hurricane swept through the small city, another storm, one of human making, would rip through a small community who wanted to believe that bad things couldn't happen to small innocent children. On December 5th of 1982, the Jackson County Sheriff's Office received a phone call from a truck driver who spotted a body floating face down off the Interstate 10 in the Pascagoula River area. The truck driver reported to the authorities that the body appeared to be that of a woman who is now thought to be the mother of Delta Dawn. The driver reported that the woman was dressed in a checkered shirt and blue jeans. Former Sheriff's Deputy Paul Murphy was the officer who received the call, and after filing the report, he drove to the area that the truck driver directed him towards. He looked throughout the river but spotted no one floating in it. Continuing his search, then-Deputy Paul Murphy stopped at a bridge not far from where the truck driver spotted the body of a woman. He immediately spotted what looked to be the body of a small child, a toddler clad only in a pink and white checkered dress and a diaper. The body of the woman was never seen again. It's unknown what became of her remains after the truck driver had seen her in the river. Investigators ruled that the child's death was a drowning, but they were unable to fully rule out strangulation as the cause of death. The young child would come to be known as Baby Jane, and then eventually Delta Dawn. No one would come forward to claim the child. A few days before they discovered the remains of Delta Dawn, a young woman was spotted walking alongside I-10 Highway, clutching something in her arms. Who was this woman? Did she have any relation to the unnamed baby? These were the questions that swirled around investigators' minds for years, even decades. No one had come forward to claim this baby girl Doe. So in good Christian faith, former Jackson County Sheriff's deputy, Virgil Moore, along with his wife, had asked to adopt the small baby Doe so they can lay this child's body to rest. Years would pass and nothing seemed to move in the case of the murdered child, who was still in many hearts and minds. That is, until 2009, when things were gaining traction, when the baby's body was exhumed from her grave, DNA was extracted and then sent off to a lab and put into the Name Us database. We can assume hope was very high with all of this movement. Unfortunately, that hope would diminish with zero leads or matches. There's always a few cases that just stick with you when you are immersed in the world of true crime. And this was the case for a woman who lived in New York. Delta Dawn's case consumed her and she badly wanted to help, so she did. Deciding that she could contribute financially to help finally solve the case of Delta Dawn, her contribution would help this case immensely. The woman footed the bill for Delta Dawn's DNA to be given to a different lab for testing. Never put all your eggs in one basket is just an inkling of what was to come. The lab used was Othram Incorporated in Woodland, Texas. The lab brought in a team of forensic genetic genealogists. Those genealogists would be the ones to crack the code into the identity of Little Delta Dawn. The forensic genetic genealogists involved were Lee and Anthony Redgrave, as well as their team of forensic genetic genealogists at Redgrave Research Forensic Services, who you may all recognize for taking time and coming and chatting with us here at CTN last season a few times. In 52 days, the team was able to compile enough information and data through family trees to finally give Delta Dawn her name back. 
they were able to compare parental candidates for Delta Dawn against the DNA that had been obtained from the child. Investigators pulled together the list of possible parental candidates, and sure enough, within that list, a family, and thus a name, were given to the 18-month-old child. The findings were given over to authorities, and the floodgates were open. Hope in this case was snowballing. In the summer months of August and September, authorities from Jackson made the trek to Missouri, where they talked with possible family members gleaned from the DNA. In the heat of the summer, authorities, with the help of forensic genetic genealogy and DNA sciences, found what they were searching for after all this time. Delta Dawn had been identified as Alicia Ann Heinrich, and her mother identified as Gwendolyn Clemens. With one question answered, more would follow. Gwendolyn Clemens was still missing. The body of the woman who was spotted floating down the river was never found. Authorities talked with family members to find out more information. The last time the family had heard of Gwendolyn and Alicia's whereabouts was in 1982, on Thanksgiving, when they left with a man. Investigators learned that the plan was for Alicia and this unknown man to move to Florida and start a new life. These plans would never come to fruition, because a few days later, the body of Alicia would be found. The family had hoped for the best for the trio. They figured they were alive and thriving. They never suspected the worst to happen, so they never knew about the baby doe in Mississippi, therefore never claiming her. It's been almost 40 years since Alicia Heinrich was found, floating in that river. She now has a name and an identity, but her killer has never been brought to justice. Delta Dawn will have a new gravestone created that gives her her real name, Alicia Heinrich, who was only 18 months old when she was murdered and left abandoned in a river in Mississippi. While Alicia now has her name, her story isn't over. Gwendolyn Clemens' remains have still not been found, and the killer of this beautiful baby and her mother also have not been brought to justice. We can only hope that in time, with modern science, search techniques, and the caring of folks who will never give up or stop looking for you once they have found your DNA, Alicia may one day be reunited with her mother, and hopefully they can both see justice. And the killer of this beautiful 18-month-old and her mother will serve time for what they did to this little innocent family. While the story of Alicia Heinrich gives us hope that perhaps one day, all children who have remained unknown will be identified and given back their names, there are still thousands of cases that remain cold with few leads into the identities of these young, unidentified descendants. The Opelika Jane Doe is one of these later cases. In 2012, the skeletal remains of a young child would be unearthed in Alabama, and it would haunt the investigators of this child's case for the next decade. She has been given the name Opelika Jane Doe. Like many unidentified descendants, she is named after a town or a county where she was found. No real identity assigned to her other than a location. And with that, nerdlings, let's travel down to rural Alabama back in the winter of 2012 when the skeletal remains of a young child were discovered in the dirt of Opelika, Alabama. On January 28, 2012, police received a phone call from a resident of the town near a mobile home on Hearst Street in Opelika, Alabama. The resident had been washing dishes at home when she looked out the window and spotted a neighborhood dog playing with what looked to be a doll head. After watching the dog for a moment, the woman realized that what the dog had was not a doll at all. 
it was a human head. Immediately, she called the Opelika Police Department. Investigators would soon descend upon the area, searching for the remains of what looked to be a young child. Captain Jonathan Clifton with the Opelika Police Department would arrive on the scene. This case would follow him from that day on for nearly a decade. Police were able to determine that the dog had dug up the remains that day, and the result was what the witness had seen that had caused her to call authorities into the location. Investigators would soon find the skeletal remains of what looked to be a child between the ages of four to seven. They would also find a pink child's t-shirt nearby that is thought to have belonged to the young child. The young child's hair was dark and styled in small, tight curls, indicating that the remains belonged to that of a little girl. An autopsy would be performed on the skeletal remains of the child, and it was determined that the remains did belong to a female child and she was of African-American descent. The autopsy would also reveal that in life, this child had suffered so much pain and abuse. It was thought that she had been severely malnourished, and her body showed evidence of severe, prolonged physical abuse. She had severe damage done to her left eye that looked to have been inflicted upon her within a year before her death. Authorities would determine that more than likely, this child's death was a homicide, and that someone had buried her remains near the mobile park after they had killed her. Investigators would begin to refer to the young child as Baby Jane Doe, all of them hoping to one day know her real name and who she had been in life. It was thought that the malnourishment this child had suffered through was so severe that her teeth were wildly underdeveloped and that she would have seemed sickly in life. After investigating the town and situation, no one could provide an identity to baby Jane Doe. Police began to suspect that more than likely, the little girl had not been from the Opelika area, which would explain why no one was able to identify her. It was thought that the little girl had been murdered sometime between 2010 and 2011, investigators leaning heavily towards her death having been sometime during the summer of 2011. Time would slowly tick by, and with very few leads to go on, the case of baby Jane Doe, also known as the Opelika Jane Doe, would grow cold. Investigators of the case, such as Captain Jonathan Clifton, have never given up on solving her case. They followed up on every tip called in about the possible identity of the Opelika Jane Doe, even when those tips led to no positive identification. They would have a clay reconstruction created of the little girl in hopes of that aiding in someone recognizing her young face. Then, in 2016, a tip would come in that would give police far more insight into just who this little girl may have been. There was a nearby church, and one of the church's employees would see the reconstruction done of the Opelika Jane Doe and recollect seeing a little girl that looked very similar to the baby Jane Doe. The church employee would send some photographs over to the Opelika police. The photos were from a Bible school program that had been going on around the time it's thought that the Opelika Jane Doe would have been murdered. The church employee believed that the child attended this vacation Bible school at Opelika's Greater Peace Baptist Church. It was during that Bible school that the photos were taken depicting a young African-American girl who seemed to have severe damage done to her left eye. It looked as if she suffered from blindness in that eye. 
the photo of the little girl was strikingly similar to the reconstructions done of the Opelika Jane Doe, to the point that investigators do believe that the little girl in the church photos is absolutely the same little girl whose remains they found behind that mobile home in 2012. In an interview with WSFA News Channel 12 in December of 2021, Captain Clifton was quoted as stating, quote, The problem is that we received this tip in 2016, and they only kept records for a few years, and no longer had records of the attendees, unquote. In regards to finding the names of the parishioners who attended that church camp all those years ago. So while they weren't able to obtain a positive name to go with the photos of the little girl, the photos gave investigators hope that one day soon they would be able to give her her name back and in turn possibly prosecute those who were involved with the murder of this young African-American little girl. In recent years, investigators had a new reconstruction created of the Opelika Jane Doe, this one utilizing the recent photographs as well as the skeletal remains in hopes that the likeness would be closer to what the little girl really looked like in life. Investigators have also submitted the little girl's DNA to Othram Labs in order to hopefully extract a usable sample to possibly have forensic genetic genealogy done on her DNA to help come up with a familial match which would one day lead to her identity being uncovered. There's been no update at this time if the lab was able to obtain a usable sample from her remains or if there has been any formal matches to her genetic line. In that same article from WSFA News Channel 12, Captain Clifton was quoted as stating, quote, There's not a day that goes by that we don't work something on this. We've worked with several agencies and entities to help us find out who this girl is and somebody in the public knows, unquote. The investigators with the Opelika Police Force keep the case of the Opelika Jane Doe open even after all these years. They have never given up on solving her case, and we believe with all our hearts that one day soon, the identity of this baby Jane Doe will be determined. If you have any information regarding the identity or murder of the Opelika Jane Doe, please reach out to the Opelika Police Department at 334-705-5200, or you can reach out to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST. You could also reach out to Central Alabama Crime Stoppers, who is offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to her identity. If you have any information regarding the case of Alicia Heinrich and her mother Gwendolyn, please reach out to the Jackson County Sheriff's Office at 228-769-3024. And so we conclude this chapter in the case of Delta Dawn, who is now reunited with her real name, Alicia Heinrich, as well as the case of the Opelika Jane Doe, who we hope will one day soon have her name back as well. And if you like this episode or any of our others, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. You can check out crimetimenerds.com for connecting with us via our socials and for other show updates. We will catch you next time, you crime-loving nerdlings.